Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse, Code, and Crown, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, The Mythos Mysteries, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise today. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers. Laura Elizabeth as the orc countant Eta and Princess Gwendolyn. Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom. McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown! Having left the sunken archive, uh, you return uh, to the surface. Um, the good news is that uh, you made made some good pals with, uh, with the Tritons, and uh, as a result, um, as a, as a favor to you, um, uh, Adriel has agreed that uh, the Mantarans will, will allow uh, the, uh, the people of Bleen to access the archive now. So uh, you have met the conditions set out by uh, Phaedron Konsnout, uh, concerned citizen and lover of rules. 
as well as uh, obtaining the necessary receipts uh, to prove that uh, President Che Umos um, did in fact seek out uh, uh, Maka to mm-hmm. to venture with her to Orville. So that's all it good. Was, it was no problem. Yeah, <laughs> at no cost. The bad news, uh, of course, was discovering the uh, the corruption of Jossie. And the perversion of uh, uh, Glomera into the, the building block material in Dara uh, and the uh, gradual poisoning of uh, the, the entire planet uh, and bringing down the, the curse of the, the mad god upon you. Um, I assume, given the way uh, our last episode wrapped up, that... There were enough open questions, big questions, weighty questions that uh, you likely would have moved on to the next task rather than having an extended conversation in the archive. Uh, yeah. Maka, you seem to be leaning that way, I think, where it was just sort of a, this is too much for one turtle to bear. I'm going to need to chew on this. He also, he found his resolve in that moment, knowing mm-hmm. that his, you know, Jossie needs him and he needs to survive this trial. So, yep. Next, um, next stop for uh, Gwendolyn and Duncan. Was there anything else you would have asked? Do you think this, of course, is not your only chance to talk to Mark? I mean, yeah, Duncan. No, I think he got enough answers there. He's got a question he wants to look into, but otherwise, the big goal is just to get the turtle through the trial. Like they just need this to be fixed, and then big problems can come after. They're also looking at some sort of alien species took over Orville, maybe the world that brought humanity here. He's got so many existential crises at this point. He's like, what's today's thing? And today's thing is Darna Heavecrop. How very 2021. Yeah. (laughs) What's today's thing? Oh, dishes. amazing can't solve my existential crisis but i can maybe oh the dishes need to soak you know what fuck it we're done everybody pack up and go home (laughs) today task today task tonight existential crisis conversation tomorrow task that's that's all he's got great um okay so um with that in mind then um using um maka spells and um taking an extraordinarily late uh laborious climb uh for Gwendolyn the um the three of you uh make your way uh back to the surface um and uh, uh deliver your report to to Phaedron who is is thrilled just uh, overjoyed that he has access to his his archive once again um and though he assures you that this will not sway the judicial process it will sway the judicial process. <laughs> I was gonna say, if he says, I assure you, it will not impact my choices. Like Maka cannot read that. Will like, no, <laughs> I will. I will go back down there. <laughs> I will flood the archive. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> Maka needs to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like um, there, there's you know a little bit of Duncan maneuvering there. We yeah. get to there. Yeah, it looked like it happened last time where they said it wouldn't, you said it wouldn't, they had to say out loud that it would, which was weird, but we promised not to tell and then we left. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, your last uh, task as as the day wears on, uh, the, the final evening before the trial, um, is uh, Darna Heavecrop. Um, she has been described as owing a favor she cannot repay, but that uh, Duncan Kindano, of all people, may be able to. Um, you find uh, Darna in a, um, a shadier part of uh, sort of the capital city. Um, 
as with any uh, large city, um, there are kind of good areas and bad areas. And uh, this area is indeed not great. Um, as If you think about the way big shipping uh, civilizations and societies have kind of operated over the years. This is the, the, the area where a lot of the sort of uh, contraband and black market goods that uh, are being shipped by uh, the uh, consortium of Bleen end up, um, whether it's part of the payout, whether it is some stuff that fell off the back of a truck. Um, you can think of it very, very much as kind of like, uh, almost that kind of opium den vibe um, or just like very, you know, bustling, tightly packed. Um, a lot of kind of uh, of the merchant class are are here to indulge their vices. Um, and uh, yeah, you can smell kind of a, a variety of intoxicants uh, on the air as, as you make your way into this uh, into this area. There are, of course, more bodies um, along the way. Uh, you now recognize um, having uh, dealt with the cult that uh, a lot of uh, under a lot of the piles of leaves and, and debris are bodies that have been kind of just left wherever they fell, um, particularly in a bad, bad part of town. You can tell there's not a lot of people picking up bodies around here. Um, and also seemingly this place uh, was untouched by the cult, uh, probably for a very good reason. So, um, Duncan, you recognize this sort of area, uh, you know, in the same way you would in, in Orville, like every town's got one. So it, it's no, no surprise. It is strange to see having only really dealt with like the merchant class uh, and the warrior class, seeing just like the weird shady, like total rogues uh, is an odd, an odd change of pace, but um, and ninja turtles as it were. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and ninja. Um. And uh, you can hear music on the air uh, coming from a variety of, of bars and, and clubs that are, are open. Um, you make your way to um, one that is uh, a sort of um, uh, like a one story, but very wide and very deep um, uh, sort of establishment of, of some sort um, covered in, in curtains, uh, seemingly from uh, that seem to be made of flags uh, from around the world that have been uh, either stitched together or just hung up. Um, you see fine silks, you see basically luxury goods used as um, basic adornment uh, in a clear show of wealth. Um, like this is very much a flex um, in sort of the gold toilet way where it's like, I have so much money, I could get a gold toilet. Everyone's like, that won't improve your experience at all. <laughs> but like, cool, I guess. <laughs> well, side grade at best. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... Um, uh above uh above the the sort of entrance way um to this uh you see um sort of a a, a metallic uh, cast iron sun um with sort of jagged uh jagged sort of rays coming off it um it's a, it's a half sun over the sign uh that just says um uh the uh the golden morning um as with a lot of ironically named dive bars, um, the cheeriness of the name is offset by the like heavy iron, sharp, jagged, pointed spikes of this sun and uh, the building around it. Uh, you get the distinct idea that this was not the bar's original name, uh, nor is it this bar's sign. Um, <laughs> making your way inside, um, you're immediately hit by a, a, a heavy wave of, of uh, sort of sickly sweet smoke um, on the air. Um, 
Duncan, you you recognize this this shit as as um, uh, an, a, like a heavy heavy duty opiate. Um, you can see there are games of chance uh, set up throughout, and uh, people are are dicing and um, you know working on a variety of of pipes and hookahs. Um, you see a variety of card games. Uh, it seems to be a gambling den. Um, introducing yourselves uh, and uh, kind of your your purpose here to um, the attendant who greets you, um, they kind of nod and uh, bring you back towards the back of the area. Um, Duncan, is there anything you'd want to be looking for as as you're kind of ushered through this space? Um, I think Duncan would just want to get an idea of the clientele and the stakes because he doesn't know if Darna is the owner or just somebody who's like, you know, high stakes gambler. And it's like, does this seem like the kind of place where they'd break a leg or where they'd kill a person or like, are people betting houses or are people betting, you know, yeah, beer money? Um, it, it does seem to be higher stakes. Uh, that said, there's an ease and charm. Think like a, a very popular saloon kind of vibe. Okay. Where the stakes are high, but the people who are here seem pretty into it and pretty relaxed. That could also be the opiates, though. Yes. Um, but it's not seem like a lot of people ready to pull a gun if somebody cheats kind of thing. This is more casual. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, um, I think, weirdly, you would almost, it's almost an honor amongst thieves kind of situation. Where just like, you know, everyone's packing, but the general vibe seems like this is where the rough people come to to unwind. This isn't a civilian but there's a few people who are clearly out of place who have obviously kind of bet above their or batting above their average. It's um, uh, fuck, I don't it's kind of like it. they they talk about it in like the Dresden Files or something where it's like neutral like neutral ground where yeah. they're just like criminals can come here but nobody fucks the place up. Exactly. I was <laughs> thinking of um in uh Marvel. There's like a supervillain bar in downtown New York. Oh, it's yeah. just like the supervillain bar. The supervillains go there and bitch about you know Spider Man. Uh, and it's yeah neutral ground. <laughs> They all know what's up. Um, they might have grudges and enmity, but they're just here to have a you know uh, have a have a toke and a and a relax. So um, you uh, you're brought to um, sort of a uh, a table near the back um, where uh, Darna Heathcrop has clearly installed herself. Duncan, from at first glance, you get the sense that uh, she's not the owner. Um, there's not that kind of jab of the hut um, or like mass Kamada, like this is my place kind of vibe. Um, but she's very clearly uh, a beloved fixture of of the bar. Like you get the sense that you know it's a corner booth. Um, she is uh, very very large, um, so she's kind of installed herself on the the actual booth part. Everyone else is kind of on chairs, and you get the sense that she probably just like kind of shuffles in behind this table, plants herself, and this is just kind of where she hangs out for the day. Um, she's wearing. Um, a, uh, a, a an incredibly fine um, sort of uh, elven um, weave of um, very fine uh, sort of uh, silk and uh, and metals um, that uh, looks like it could stop a blade, but is also super soft. Um, it is stretched wide over over her her sort of massive bulk, um, but uh, is unlike anything else you've seen on anyone here. Uh, she clearly has a style all her own. Um, she's also wearing uh, just a, a a massive, like, think um, almost like a, a settee, like a round footstool 
sized hat, just an overstuffed hat that adds like four feet of, of height to her. Um, that kind of looks like she's, she's wearing a, a pillow, uh, on her head and it has a, uh, um, a golden, um, uh, sort of eye, uh, on a chain sort of woven through it. Um, gives her a vaguely mystical vibe, but mm-hmm. you're not really sure what, what, what that relates to, um, you know, uh, giant like rings on, on every finger. Um, she's got very elaborate piercings, um, all of which involve, um, sort of, uh, rare stones, um, and, uh, is, um, uh, just generally, uh, seems, uh, to be flaunting wealth, uh, as best she can as, as you arrive, uh, she's actually fighting to get one of the rings off one of her fingers, um, and, uh, just kind of, uh, laughing to one of the people at the table saying, um, you know, I did not expect the red circle. Ha! Your hand was indeed excellent. Your reward. And she smacks it down on the table and just says, again! And, um, you know, a, a, a somewhat more meek turtle uh, sitting at the table begins to reshuffle the um, the, the series of, of three decks uh, that are, are set up on the table uh, to, to deal everyone in for a new game. That said, as the three of you approach, um, she kind of like hushes all of them and kind of basically gives them that like double hand fuck off gesture um, of just like scoot scoot. Uh, and uh, almost immediately everyone just like grabs their, grabs their chips and goes. Um, and uh, looking at the three of you, she just says, well, Two of you do not seem like you're from around these parts, and one of you is accused of treason. Yes? Hmm. What brings you to Darnaheve Crop's table? Honorable Darnaheve Crop, my name is Duncan Kindano, private investigator for the legal team of Maka Death Cap. I am here as we've been making the rounds to ensure that tomorrow's trial will be moving forward unencumbered, shall we say. We wouldn't want to have any of the jurors distracted by other complications in their lives. So we're here to help resolve those that they can focus on the matter at hand and make sure that they give fair judgment to my client, Mark a death cap. I've heard you may have a challenge that could be distracting you from bringing justice to this case. Um, and just a, a proper Cheshire cat grin spreads across her, her turtley features, um, stretching kind of almost back to her, her ear holes, revealing um, uh, gold-coated teeth. Um, and uh, she just nice. grins, grins at you and says, Ah, yes, this is good news indeed. It is best to have a clear head when dealing in justice, is it not? Correct. Well... This is excellent news. I do find myself burdened in the trial proceedings with a, a great uh, a great debt that I, I am unable to pay. I believe that uh, your co-counsel may have informed you that I am in need of your assistance. Am I to assume, based on your look, that you are a dualist? That would be correct. Mm, mm. Excellent. I have need of your specific skills. Hmm? I owe someone a favor that I myself am unable to pay back. Sadly, he does not desire good drugs or good gambling. And thus I find myself somewhat unable to pay him back for a great boon he did me with a certain former partner who saw fit to grab more than perhaps they had earned. 
You, however, seem more than capable of paying him off. Tell me, beyond being a private investigator, how do you fare in duels? That's a lifelong specialty as a dawnbreaker and a personal hobby. Let's just say my job is dueling, my hobby is dueling, and what I do in my downtime is dueling. Hey friends, it's Ryan. That's right, real Ryan, not just the character I play in this show. And I'm here to invite you to help us make even more shows. Currently, we make more shows than I want to talk about. There are actually eight different series that we have on an ongoing basis. Soon it's going to be nine, spoiler alert, but we need your assistance to be able to make that happen. You can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash dice. You can get behind-the-scenes info, you can be a part of our Discord, you can add your own NPC, you can even produce a show if you want to dive all the way in there. So whatever you want to have happen, we can make happen at patreon.com slash dumb dumb dice please come join your fellow snarfs it's a snarf illusion what of your night companion well i mean like yeah i mean his dueling protected me for like most of my life so yes but how do you do in martial combat i mean i do all right i've got kind of like a magical sword here that like will fly around Ahaha. <laughs> <laughs> a knight and a jester, a rare combination. No, I'm serious. And I like take out the sword and it like hovers. <laughs> okay. I need to uh, lighten up on the pipe a little bit. I suspect um, the secondhand smoke in here is rather rough on the old olfactory senses. I almost thought I saw that sword float. <laughs> oh, it did. And I do. I just do it again. <laughs> Okay, this is a different situation than I was expecting. Uh, Maka, unfortunately, you will not be able to assist in this particular endeavor. Hmm? Wait, why not? So the one thing we haven't talked about is exactly what the job is. Yes, yes. Uh, tell me, are you familiar with the Order of Champions? No. Mm, mm, yes. Um, I take it you are, are human. Is that correct? That is correct. Ah, yes. Then you would not be from your little floating pen up there in the sky. Uh, down here amongst the civilized. Yeah. Gwendolyn just pouted. I mean, not that she can move <laughs> anything, but it was like it, she pouted inside. I like that. It's literally, <laughs> you just hear like the, the jaw hinge move a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, she says, uh, the down here amongst the, the civilized nations, there is a, a secretive order of people like yourself, champions of martial combat, willing to fight the strongest, the best, the most capable in order to prove themselves. I unfortunately owe much to one such man. In order to clear my debt, I require a champion who could give a challenge to the eternal hunter, Eisenhorn L. Ravan. Whoever challenges Ravan, whoever gives him the battle he seeks, will be enough for me to clear my debts. And as you can see, she kind of gestures to herself, um, says, uh, I am far too delicate a flower to engage in such dirty matters. So are these conflicts to the death or are these sporting matters? 
It depends on the champion. Many fight to yield, some fight to the death. In the case of the Eternal Hunter, well, you've heard his name. You fucking take a guess. All right. So he hunts forever, so he never kills anything. So he lets them go so he can hunt them again. That's what I'm assuming. Sure, let's go with that. So what kind of armament does this hunter wear? How does he fight? Unfortunately, these matters I cannot tell you. This would ruin the sport. He will know nothing of you. You will know nothing of him until the two of you meet in the arena. All right, how do we organize this little confrontation? Um, Her grin grows wider, uh, and she just literally, like, and it's, it's, a, it's a pretty massive table. Like, this is a big fucking round table. She just, like, lifts it up like it's nothing and just, like, scoots it out in front of her. Um, and then she gets to her feet. And uh, she's, like, eight feet tall. And, again, just super, super broad. Um, and kind of um, nodding, uh, she just slaps, like, a massive hand on your shoulder. And she says, follow me. El Ravon will be so very excited that I've found such a worthy opponent. And then she looks to you, Gwendolyn, and says, I assume you desire the combat duelist, or are you going to send floaty sword McArmerson over here? Well, I mean, I'm always happy to duel. Princess, would you rather do this? I mean, you're a much better fighter than I am, no? Not different skill sets, but you know, I feel like mine might be more flexible. Why don't I feel this one? That sounds good. And if things go sideways, I can just throw a sword in there. That I mean, is we would not how the duel works. But. I was going to say, we would never cheat. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And then he just makes sure to wink at her with the eye that <laughs> the turtle can't see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, amazing. So um, Darna uh, leads you um, out uh, out the back, um, sort of flaps of uh, fine silks and flags, um, and uh, kind of leads you um, through what is clearly kind of the brothel end of this uh, this inn um, to a large, well-appointed room, a uh, big circular room uh, that's clearly hers. And this thing is stuffed to the gills with like cool arcane looking shit. Like this is, uh, think like um, almost a, uh, like um, if you've seen, I mean, I'm mostly thinking of this from video games I've recently played, but kind of like, um, uh, like the great cons yurts where it's just like full of cool stuff that he just brought with him everywhere. He went to be like, look at all this cool stuff I got also conquering your land. Keep your religion. But bow to me. Anyway, look at all my cool stuff. Um, so it's kind of that. Uh, and um, you can tell that this is, uh, these are her quarters um, here at, uh, at the golden morning. Um, she moves in. She just kind of uh, over her shoulder says, I apologize about the mess. I was not expecting to have guests today. Mm. At least not this early. Ha! Um, and just with thunderous footsteps, um, she makes her way over um, to a, a large standing mirror um, that has kind of um, a, uh, a series of sort of slatted black pieces of metal around it um, threaded through with red. Um, and she begins to touch those slatted uh, black pieces in an odd, um, almost musical way. Um, and as she does so, the the surface of the mirror uh, begins to um, shimmer um, and uh, become sort of almost liquid. Um, and soon enough, um, you see uh, sort of a, a tall, 
uh, tall, very handsome figure um, kind of emerge from the mist on the other end of the mirror. Um, he uh, he stands beyond uh, beyond the mirror, still on on that side, um, and uh, he's got Duncan. You, uh, I gotta tell you, you kind of like his style. Uh, he's got sort of the um, the, the large hat, um, feather running back through it, um, elven features, um, so kind of uh, you know sharp nose, um, pointed ears, um, little thin uh, thin beard, little thin mustache. Um, clearly wearing uh, duelist garb. Uh, you can think of kind of any of the Witcher video game base armors, uh, where it's just kind of, you know, it's got a lot of leather and straps, um, sort of pauldrons as well, but is clearly meant for for combat. And this stuff looks ancient. And again, Duncan, to your eye, even at this distance, you can tell that it's very old, but incredibly well cared for. Um and he uh, kind of swoops the the, the cape back over uh, one one arm. He's wearing like one of those half capes uh, that was more familiar in kind of the Renaissance. Um, so kind of like cuts across the chest and then up and over your shoulder. Uh, and uh, he just says, Donahive Crop, finally I hear from you. Are you here to repay your debt to me at last. Um, and she just claps her hands together and rubs them with kind of uh, glee. Um, and she says, uh, uh, great eternal hunter. Hmm. Eisenhorn, I have found for you a wonderful new match, a human, no less, from the floating city of Orvel, one to whom you never would have had access before, but may have access now. A dawnbreaker, no less. And um, Eisenhorn's uh, features spread into uh, into a, a very predatory grin. Um, can you all roll me a perception check, please? That's pretty good. 16 for me. 24 for Maka. Nice. Damn. 18 for Duncan. Um, you can all see quite clearly as he grins, uh, the sort of fanged incisors, uh, in his, uh, in his jaw. Um, and, uh, he, he nods, um, and kind of looks up and over, uh, her shoulder and just kind of like, um, gives Duncan you a little like tap of the hat. Um, Duncan will reciprocate. He's that kind of guy. Yep. Um, and as uh, as he begins to reach uh, forward towards the edges of the mirror, um, you actually see Darna tap the metal once, uh, and the uh, the image becomes a little more sheer, um, a little more reflective. And you see him kind of press his hands against it. And she says, Eisenhorn, I need to hear it. And um, he he pouts uh it's gwendolyn it's it's a very you thing and he just like immediately kind of falls back on his heel and kind of taps his his toe in frustration and he says uh darn a heave crop of bleen by bringing me this duel i hereby absolve you of your debt you may once again call on my services should you need any more family members or business partners dispatched yes now can i please have my fun um, and uh, she nods and taps the uh, taps the sides of the mirror again. Uh, the surface uh, becomes liquid, and uh, Eisenhorn El Ravon steps through and into the room. Um, 
you all feel a chill breeze um, kind of hit you as, as he steps out of the, uh, out of the mirror. Um, you can smell uh, the, the sort of um, stale air of a crypt um, kind of uh, coming through along with the mists that kind of coil off of him. Great. Um, he, uh, he squints a little bit as he steps into the light uh, and kind of pulls the hat a little bit lower over his brow um and uh he he gives gives like maka he gives you a tip of the hat gwendolyn he gives you a tip of the hat um and then uh duncan he kind of walks over uh to you and kind of looks you up and down and his eyes land on um on your coppers and uh he runs a um just a a a reddish tongue over his lips uh almost in anticipation just says a dawnbreaker and a duelist, truly a rare find indeed. I am the eternal hunter, Eisenhorn El Ravan. Whom do I have the pleasure of dueling today? I am Duncan Kindano, first captain of the Dawnbreakers. Today you battle justice, friend. Hmm. Kindano, interesting choice. But I assume you will show perhaps more... Uh, honor in the ring than he did in his day. Wait, this, who? I'm sorry. Duelists are talking. Uh, please, please. And he turns to Darna and he says, keep the mercenaries, the hired help quiet, would you? Um, and Darna just kind of like shoulders you, Gwendolyn, and uh, you actually stagger a full step over. Like it's, mm. it's, it's not a light hit. And she just mutters, Floating sword, or no, you're really going to want to let them play this out. Um, hmm. So um, Eisenhorn um, sort of, uh, uh, again, sizes you up and says, uh, yes, to face justice will indeed be an interesting battle. Uh, you are aware of the Order of Champions, I've been made aware for about four minutes, so I'm pretty much ready to join. <laughs> Excellent. Well, fell me and you will have earned yourself a position, but none have. Um, and he um, kind of pulls the cape back and dangling from the inside of the cape um, on uh, sort of fine silken threads are um, teeth. Um, and it is lined with these sort of jangling uh, teeth, and he just says, "Many have tried to earn my position here. Many have failed, but they've all been fun." Do you have a hard number on how many that is? If you don't mind me asking. Um, he smiles uh, again, revealing his teeth, um, and just says, uh, "One thousand three hundred and twenty-eight." Wonderful. Then let me get this out of the way. I charge you with 1,328 counts of murder. You've been found guilty and the sentence is death. I'm ready to dance, friend. Justice is here. Um, he smiles and says, when you've lived as many centuries as I have, friend, you realize that justice died long before I began my game. Um, and with that, he uh, draws um, a sword seemingly out of the air, um, that is a, um, a, a glimmering um, purple blade um, that seems too thin uh, to be of much use, but the uh, 
the air of cold coming off it and the the, the look of it like I was gonna say I'm a rapier guy. Finn is bad. He yeah, needs to move hey, fast. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what's up. Um, and um, with a flourish uh, of his cape and the clinking of of fallen foe's teeth, um, he drops into a uh, a fighting stance, um, and grins at you. Wonderful. Just a quick question, as I'm so new to this new echo of champions, I'm going to be joining. Are there any rules, just in general, in terms of weaponry? Um, he, uh, shrugs and just says, uh, whatever you have on you when the contest begins is what you may use. If you were referring to the pistol, it's fair game. And he just like raises the, the sword and with the hilt just taps his teeth. He says, as are my particular abilities. Great. I just wanted to check. I didn't know if like, if you had some sort of weird magic spell where you could summon like 10 panthers. I hand out with like a weird crowd. So I just want to make sure this is a straight hand to hand thing. In a manner of speaking, yes. There are no summonings, at least from me. I am a dualist. All right, let's do this. Uh, and I think he'll just kind of settle down and he'll be like, I know you said that justice has been dead for a really long time, but here's the interesting thing. So am I. And if you're undead, well... That means we're natural opponents. Let's do this. Um, and uh, as and he'll he, draw his rapier with a flourish himself because he's got a cool fucking bone sword with a skull on it. Like fuck this vampire guy. Yep. Um, <laughs> so with uh, with naked steel drawn on both sides, um, Ravon uh, stares stares at you. You stare at him, and uh, as everyone else in the room stands in in rapt silence. Um, waiting uh, the two of you tense and then before anyone can blink the duel begins this episode of Curse Code and Crown Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra and the campaign was created by Tom McGee our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers if you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGeeTD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters. Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.